Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Blossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. This is AEW Unrestricted. I'm Will Washington. Also with... Aubrey Edwards, as always, and we've got so much to do, so much to talk about, and we've got such a cool guest on today's show. Yes, yes, I want to I wanna intro this guest because I actually know her very, very well. Uh, this is a fun one because uh, as of very, very recently, like yesterday, <laughs> uh, we released the worldwide uh, launch of our latest mobile game, AEW Rise to the Top. Ooh. It only made sense to invite Jamie Henwood to this podcast, who's extremely involved with the development over at Eastside Games. They're located in Vancouver. I actually have a... For those of you on the podcast, I have a sweet Eastside Games t-shirt because they're awesome and they send me stuff like that. But Jamie, how are you? How are you doing today? Hi. Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm just so honored to be here. This is exciting for me for a million reasons. So thank you so much, Aubrey. It's been great um, working with you this past year. So to get to this moment and be here and meeting Will and, and doing this podcast, podcast is so darn exciting. Has it been a year? <laughs> it's been longer than a year. That's the thing. We started this journey in the end of, I believe, 2022 was when we first yes. started developing. And yep, here we are. Launch day is pretty exciting. So give us a little like rundown. What's the elevator pitch of Rise to the Top for those that maybe haven't downloaded yet, by the way, available on the App Store, available on the Google Play Store. It's worldwide now. So like if you're listening to this, you can probably freaking download it. So give us a little summary of the game for those that aren't familiar with it. Heck yeah. Okay, so AEW Rise to the Top is the latest mobile sensation. It's an idle battle game. So that's really exciting. Eastside Games is famous for idle games. It's a, you know, a monetary system. You're, it's generating cash. You're building businesses, those kind of things. That's an idle game. So we've developed this really cool new feature in our idle called Battle. And when AEW, it's like, what could be a more perfect genre or IP to do a battle idol game? So essentially, what that means is you get to be part of AEW from backstage to booking matches to picking your characters to to everything. You're a part of the show. And I think as a fan, the most exciting part of our game is like, the, per- the people sitting in the in the crowd are what this is for, right? We know what exciting, what moments excite them and trying to give them that experience in their hand from start to finish. 
that's what I was trying to capture. So I guess that was way longer than an elevator pitch. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, and honestly, have you ever been on a long elevator ride? Like you can, you can get some conversation. We're going to the hundredth floor, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally works. Talk to me about you in as a game developer. How did you get involved in in gaming? Wow. Okay. So I had a early wrestling career. We can go back to that later. We will get into that. (laughs) So for all of my 20s, I was in professional wrestling and I never made a backup plan because guess what? Wrestling wasn't not going to work for me. Like that was a no brainer. There was no plan B stuff like that. And I ended up um, not being able to wrestle anymore. And I sat there and I, I was healing a lot from wrestling and from injuries and stuff like that. And I, what do you do when you're healing? You, I sat and I played video games and I, I would get so immersed in these worlds that I was a part of because I couldn't do anything else. I was living very vicariously through video games. And um, yeah, like my brother would get home after and I would be like, I wish this character said this and these guys did this and this would be way better if did this. And at that moment, he was going to Vancouver Film School for writing. And he was like, you know, that VFS does a game design program. And I was like, what? You can make video games? Like, it's such a, a silly moment when you're like, wait, you can get paid to make video games? Well, of course you can. So <laughs> that was my plan B. Like in my early 30s, I was, I attended video game school with all these, you know, 20 year old boys. I was the old lady in the class being like, well, I like Mario Party. What do you guys play? And they're like, you what, you don't do Halo? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so out of my league. But it really showed me that there's a game for everybody. There's a genre for everybody. You know, games is for everybody. So yeah, that's how I ended up in games after wrestling. And I ended up at ESG, which is just a beautiful company. <laughs> I'm very lucky to be there. I like that we basically have the opposite stories of like you started in wrestling and moved to yeah. games. And then I started in games and moved to wrestling. It's so weird. It's almost like this is why we work really well together. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> It's so easy to talk to you because you know everything. I get (laughs) it. Yes. Let's talk about that wrestling career, though. The Hart Family Dungeon is where you trained. So, again, how did you get started at the Hart Family Dungeon? Okay, well, the, the first thing you need to know is that I was born in Calgary, Alberta. So once you're born in Calgary, it's kind of in your blood. You you like two things. You like hockey and wrestling. That's it. And that's what you do. And being a Calgarian, the hearts are your people. They're everywhere. It's not just wrestling. They're at ceremonies. They're on the news. They're, you know, the heart house is this beautiful thing. So when you're born and you want to wrestle, that's all you think about is the heart family and the dungeon. And I was actually fortunate. I went to school with some of Stu Hart's grandchildren, um, Ted and um, his siblings. And then TJ Wilson was one of my friends in school. So we uh, like I was always the weird girl with uh, wrestling pitchers in my locker instead of like heartthrobs from like Team Beat or whatever. So they'd always pop him. I had Bret Hart in my locker and Ted comes up and is like, hmm, that's my uncle, you know, and I'm like, whoa. So anyways, <laughs> <laughs> then we became friends. It was so weird. And then, yeah, like after I graduated from high school, me and my brother, we were the we knew we wanted to do wrestling. He's a few years younger than me. So I waited for him to get out of high school and he was on a football team. And after practice one day, he puts on a t-shirt and it was a stampede wrestling t-shirt. And one of the guys on his football team is like, 
what you like wrestling? Wait, I know this guy and trains at, at the heart house, blah, 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 all this stuff. He works for stampede wrestling. Why don't I introduce you? So sure enough, we got introduced to this guy named Kenny Johnson and he introduced us uh, formally and officially to stampede wrestling. And he became our first trainer. And eventually my brother actually, um, wrestling wasn't quite for him. Once you get in there and you see what a beating your body is constantly taking and realizing that you have to actually function in your real life, <laughs> you have to be able to walk through the grocery store and you have to be, you know, be able to do things. And it just, it wasn't for him. And so I had a moment where I was like, do I leave with him? Do I stay at that moment? Bruce and Ross Hart were the, were the Hart, you know, brothers that were running the dungeon. And I just walked into Stampede Wrestling one night by myself and I went up to Ra or Bruce and I was like, hey, I'm here. Uh, my brother's not here. I don't know if you have a spot for me. I haven't really trained. He's like, well, let's fix that. Come to the dungeon. I'm probably one of the only people in the world can say, that can say I trained in Stu Hart's dungeon for free. It was by a full invitation by the, you know, the generosity of the Hart brothers and Bruce and Ross trained me. Other than Natty, I'm the only girl to graduate from the dungeon. So that's a really proud thing for me. I was in there for three years, getting my butt kicked and, you know, bumping on the cement floor. And the dungeon is exactly, you know, when you see it on the shows and you see it in the thing, like the only thing that you're missing from those videos is like when you get your face graded into the mat and you're like, oh, it smells like cat pee and, and mold. What's happening? <laughs> You know, but yeah, like I was taking power bombs in the dungeon, which was hilarious because they had a low roof, but me and Natty were just short enough to like flip over and my feet would just catch it. And all the guys are like, no, nobody takes power bombs in the dungeon. So anyways, that's probably why I'm not wrestling today. Yeah, hey, you know, whatever. I, I love this. And there's there's so much more I want to talk about your wrestling career and ask you questions about coming up here on AEW Unrestricted. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey, Will, Jamie, we're talking about the newest mobile sensation, AEW Rise to the Top, available now in the iOS App Store, available on the Google Play Store. It is available worldwide. Download it. It's super awesome. I've worked with Jamie on this game for over a year. Uh, I'm very excited it's out, and I'm very excited that people get to play it. 
As we talked about sort of in the last segment, Jamie has a very extensive wrestling background, which makes her very qualified to work on such game. And you had mentioned a very particular name, uh, Natty Neinhart, which I know that you have a very close relationship with her. So what was it like getting to wrestle with Natty all the oh time? And what were those matches? <laughs> wow. So when I first started, Natty wasn't officially in Stampede yet. She was doing um, some stuff on the side. She was training with TJ. She wasn't quite sure if that's what she wanted to do. She actually at a point wanted to get into journalism, which was um, an interesting thing to try to talk her out of and be like, no, you want to be a pro wrestler. Come on. Anyways, <laughs> she was doing this um, little, they had a, they had a show called Matt Rats. And so Natty was doing some interview stuff on there, but wasn't really like doing the wrestling. She would be at, you know, the shows in the dressing room or backstage or whatever. And finally I just grabbed her and I was like, Natty, are we going to wrestle? Like, let's do this. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm doing some stuff with TJ. Like she knew how to wrestle. She just wasn't sure if she wanted to do it yet. And so finally one day I was, we were training in the dungeon and I look up and she's standing in the doorway and I'm like, let's go get on the mat. Like we're going to do this. Okay. And she's like, okay. So right from there, like we trained all the time. Like that was our life. We were both, but we were both working in the same chain restaurant, but in different locations, which was really weird. It was, (laughs) it was called the Montana's. And so we were both servers and bartenders. So we were like working all crazy hours. And when you'd have, you know, a free two hours in between the gym and work, we'd go and meet at the dungeon or we'd go down to the gym. Cause um, that was actually something really fun is that the Hart family, they're huge. And one of uh, Stu's daughters, Georgia, her husband is BJ, and they had the family gym. So the family gym was amazing. It had a ring, like we could go there anytime and wrestle like we were wrestling seven days a week. All we did was just train and train and train. And the beautiful thing was that like Natty was strong. And I was little. (laughs) We're like, we're the same height. But you know her, there's just this like, amazing strength to her like the I would see her like gorilla press men like she has this amazing strength to her so we really complimented each other's styles because she's doing all these power moves and just like kicking my butt and I'm high flying and doing all this crazy stuff so these this level of matches that we were having this was so far before the diva revolution right this was when women were still wasting their lives with you know lingerie matches and pillow fights and stuff like that like that's what we were watching women doing at this point Lita and Trish were just starting to like really break out Trish was learning how to wrestle and we're like come on like there are women that can actually have real matches and that was our goal we were going to get up there and we were going to show them that women can have real matches that we don't need to to have gimmick matches all the time so let's talk about your your sort of next step in that journey is Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yes. You had a tryout there, talk about working with Rip Rogers. What was that like? It was amazing. So I, um, as being where I was, like in Calgary, we were always doing like small stampede wrestling tours, but where are you going? Like, it's just small town, Alberta, small town, BC, like the farthest you can get is Vancouver, but that's still 12 hours away from Calgary. Like, it's very hard. I had opportunities like invitations to go to Shimmer and go to Ring of Honor and stuff like that. But they're like, yeah, you just have to get here. And it's like, uh-huh. how do I get a plane ticket to Philly and have a hotel and, you know, not even know if you get paid for the match or stuff like that. Like it was just such a challenge. So I decided I was like, it's either go time or I give this up. 
So I not being American, that was my hardest challenge is that I can't come down there and work as I'm wrestling. So I was like this bartender extraordinaire who would work, you know, seven days a week all the time and just pile my cash into a pillowcase until I had, you know, thousands of dollars enough to come to America and stay for several months. So I went uh, down to Ohio Valley. They were having like one of those gimmick tryouts where they're, you know, 50 people come in. And um, I can't remember if I had to pay for it. It was before the big performance center, like a thousand dollar pay. It was something small. But anyways, we got there. We do. It was like a weekend of tryouts. Really, really exciting. At that time, the the coaches were Danny Davis, Jim Cornette and Rip Rogers. That was just kind of fun as a kid to like meet those faces that, you, you know, that you've seen your whole life. So anyway, we get there. Of course, I'm at, at that point, OVW was the home of the WWE contract people. Like that was before they went to Florida and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was the top class, right? You wanted to get a contract. And right below that was Rip's class. If you didn't get a contract, but you had to be invited to come to Rip's, Rip's class. So obviously I walk out of the tryout being like, totally hoping to get signed. Absolutely didn't. But I did get the call from Rip saying, hey, we thought you were great. And if you want to come down and join my class, you're absolutely invited. That's awesome. Yeah. So I just saved a ton of money. I went and I rented a little tiny apartment right by OVW. I would just go there for like four to six months on money that I had saved. And then I would leave keep my apartment there, pay for the apartment, come home, work like a maniac to just go back and do it all again. So I did that for about three years going back and forth to OVW. Damn. And then unfortunately, you had to say goodbye to your wrestling career, you had ended up having an injury. I did I got um, I was really careless, I guess, in my early days, choices that I made, like being smaller and being like, I can take any bump, I'm not scared. Sure, slam me on the floor, put me through a table, whatever, nothing bothers me, right? Like that was kind of like my thing that that's why people are gonna like me, I can do it all. But by doing it all, I made poor choices. And I ended up getting five severe concussions within a short time of each other. I actually got two within one week of each other. I just didn't care. And I didn't remember these matches. Like I'm in the matches and I'm getting out of them. And they're like, why did you call for a German? Why did you do these things? And I'm like, I don't even remember doing that, you know? So it just got to the point where I was so sick all the time and recut, like I couldn't even function now at work. Because I was so ill and dizzy and all of the rest. So Ross Hart actually set me up with a concussion specialist that the Calgary St. Peters use. So I went and I saw this fella and he was like, girl, you are in trouble. <laughs> I was like, okay, but how much longer till I get better? And he's like, never, like you might never get better. What do you mean? And I'm like, but I could probably go out and have a match tomorrow. And he's, he just kept like, I, I just kept trying to talk him into telling me that I could do it, I guess is what it was. And um, finally I walked out of that office and I'm like, I don't think he's right. So I went and I had another match and that was absolutely the last match that I ever had because Mm -hmm. it was a disaster. Like, I don't remember any of it. I don't even remember being there. None of it. Right. And then afterwards, what was the result? Well, I had a 10 minute match and then I was like death sick, couldn't move for like months because I've made these choices. So yeah, long story short, I got post concussion syndrome and it just, it wasn't 
even a possibility anymore. Like for so long, I was trying to convince myself that, well, if I had the right partner and I took the right bumps and that's not how wrestling works, you know, you don't go in with a hundred requirements before, oh, you can't do all these things to me, but we're going to go out and, you know, tear the roof off this place. Like it's just not safe. So yeah. And then that's when I was like, okay, plan B. Oh wait, I don't have one. You've got to prioritize your health. That's like yep. the super important thing with wrestling. And definitely these stories are always kind of scary to hear, but I think it's important to touch on because it's like it it's a big deal and we need to take it seriously. So I appreciate you making that decision and <laughs> ultimately having to, even though it's scary as hell to do a plan B yeah. all of a sudden when you're like, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do, but like your health is more important. So thank you for definitely. eventually making that decision. It's a hard one. <laughs> it was a hard one. It is a hard one. So we, we've talked a lot about your wrestling background, which I think adds a lot of legitimacy to this game and sort of the development of it. And I want to kind of guide the conversation back in that direction because we're so excited. It's finally out worldwide. How does a conversation where you are an idle game development expert, sort of you guys have done stuff in RuPaul's Drag Race, you guys have done stuff with Trailer Park Boys, you guys have a lot of experience working with existing IP. How does a conversation with AEW start? Right. So the the interesting thing, so Eastside Games makes these idle games and we usually work with a partner and we make four of the games in studio. Well, there's about four games that we make with an outside partner and is also an IP game. And that's what AEW is. So we work with this wicked company named Game Masons and that's Matt and Cheyenne. Also great guys. Yeah, they're our developers. They're the ones that are making the game that we're asking them to make, essentially. So Matt was our connection with AEW. I don't remember all the details, but I remember that through someone in his family, he knew um, Excalibur. He was the one that was like, hey, let's maybe get this conversation going. So I know it was Excalibur and Matt that originally got it going. And we had worked with Matt previously on one of his um, mini golf games. So when he knew that AEW was potentially interested in building a game he knew that he wanted to build it with Eastside games and like I was saying the battle idol just fits so well with the IP that yeah that's how it came about and in the studio um, I was working uh, like I'm the lead narrative for the Eastside game studio so I try to work stay almost in live ops just you know keep the wheels going make sure everything's there but um, I also move over and help our partners develop from the ground up it took a long time for me to say goodbye to wrestling. So I have to say, like, when I closed the door, it took a long time to close it. But I closed it really, really hard because it wasn't something that I could watch every day and not have my mind start, like, trickling and being like, well, maybe I should get back into it. Or, you know, like, it was just almost sad for me. So when I kind of heard this, I was like, oh, no, we're making a wrestling game. And oh, no, it's like AEW, which is like the I'll get into telling you, I think AEW is beautiful. And here's why it is. I've been a wrestling fan for so many years. And and when there's only one business in town, it just is so boring. And the the repetition of what I was watching all the time, I just wanted to see wrestling. I want to I do want to see character development and beautiful storylines and all those wonderful moments that make the fans be engaged. I want to see that. And that's what AEW is. It's this wonderful, I can see anything. I that's what I know is that when I sit down to watch Dynamite. 
if I haven't seen what the card is coming up, I know that I can see anything that night and it could be amazing. But if perhaps I'm watching another show, I'm getting a certain thing crammed so far down my throat that I don't, I'm done, you know, like this is exciting. So once I like knew that we were making this and like what your roster was, I was like getting so excited. And then finally ESG knowing my background, they're like, look, you're on this game. You're not just going to do narrative. Like you're going to help us. You're going to be, um, you know, leading the content, leading the creative stuff. When we need to know who's going in a promo, you're telling us like, so I kind of like, I'm in narrative normally, um, in Eastside games, but yeah, I got to kind of take on this like creative content role, on AEW and yeah it's just it's a dream come true because <laughs> like I said I believe in the product we at Eastside Games are really it's important to us that people know that we are a studio filled with fans we're yeah we're a bunch of like tech dorks sure and we like making video games but these these IPs are what where it's at like the Trailer Park Boys game and we have Star Trek Lower Decks and RuPaul in the office like we are actual fans sitting there making those games we're living for those shows so we're not like taking the you know the, these IPs lightly and um once I like crossed the line and was like okay nope I'm in charge of AEW. I'm doing this game. Oh, buddy, it was on. I just fell so far back down your rabbit hole. I'm watching everything. I'm reading every dirt sheet. I'm booking matches in my head. <laughs> I'm doing like, it's such a good show and such a good product. And to have the gift of being able to develop that into a, a video game is so beautiful. And I have to just say, Aubrey, that our partnership with you is the most healthy partnership we've ever had. And I don't know if it's just because you're just so freaking real. You're such an authentic, genuine person. I don't know. It's, it's a very different relationship. And sometimes when we get into these games, our partners really want the game to be a very exact representation of what the show is they're like well the, the people like this about the show so I want the game to be exactly that and I always have a hard time with that because it's like if I want to watch the show I'll just watch the show so anyways you giving us this beautiful IP and yes making sure that we're talking in the tone and doing the right things to make it feel like AEW but you giving us a little bit of freedom to be like yeah it is a video game certain things are gonna happen because it's a video game world and you understand that and so that's that's allowed us to just make this beautiful game that, you know, obviously mobile is hard. You have instability issues, bugs, whatever. But this game at a glance is tremendous. And that just really speaks to you and your people and letting us just like go hard with this game and do what we wanted and actually appreciating my creative ideas. I love the authenticity and the passion and everything about it. And it's so exciting that uh, we get to launch this product. And we're going to talk a lot more about the game itself right here when AEW Unrestricted continues. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It is 
AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey Edwards, Will Washington, Jamie Hedwood. We are talking about AEW Rise to the Top, the latest mobile game from AEW and Eastside Games. It's an awesome little mobile game. You can download on the Apple App Store. You can download on the Google Play Store. Download it now. It is available worldwide, and it's awesome. We were previously just talking about the passion and the authenticity of the game, and I wanted to touch on a little bit about, like, what our working relationship is, because people I don't think understand, like, kind of how AEW games meshes in with working with partners. And a lot of it is, like, my background's in uh, engineering and production, but my role on this is more sort of like a licensing publishing partner. So you guys have access to the IP, and you're creating character art, you're creating... Uh, narrative and story and all that sort of thing. And I'm kind of overseeing and approving things as they go along. So making sure that like Swerve looks like Swerve and making sure that Britt Baker looks like Britt Baker, but also making sure that characters are saying things that they would normally say in a real world environment. So the catchphrases are correct and all these sort of things. And one of my favorite things about this project is the amount of feedback I have needed to give is so minimal (laughs) (laughs) that you guys are just hitting out of the park like right away. Like a lot of times it's just like, hey, this character's great. Can we tweak this a little bit just to kind of like bring like this 10 up to an 11? Or these lines are great. Can we maybe swap? Like we'll have a tag team talking or something like let's have Max Caster say this line and then Anthony Bowen say this line instead. Just so we can kind of make sure that that authenticity of AEW is better captured. It's so rare to get a partner that understands the IP. Like, I don't think people fully understand that. Like, you guys get assigned an IP. It's like, cool, great, we're making a wrestling game. But to fully understand the product and to be engaged with it and watch it. And when I say things like, hey, I want to make sure that we represent other referees in the game. And you guys are cool, great. Here's Bryce Remsburg art. Here's Stefan Smith's art. And it's, you understand why all of those things are important without me having to explain it. So thank you very much. Uh, this has been a wonderful project to work on. <laughs> well, thank you. You're just, that's the thing. You're so helpful. And I hope that you know how helpful you are to me and to your your feedback. Like, yes, we're giving you, we would never give you something that isn't, you know, good quality but the feedback that you give is so helpful and there's these little tweaks that you'll make and it's like now it's perfect like that's what you're here for you are AEW and you are that final set of eyes that if there is anything missed you know that you exactly like some of those you do that a lot we do that a lot actually with the scripts for the acclaimed is that I'll have the wrong guy max or anthony saying something you're like no i think that sounds more like matt i'm like you're totally right it is so you know and then you read it and it's like wow that flow is like a hundred times better just you know one little tweak yeah we appreciate your feedback so much it's so valuable and but that's the thing too is that your ability to give feedback you can imagine like sometimes getting feedback hurts and you're not a jerk about it You're very nice. Well, and and I tell you the things that are that are right, right? Like it's the compliment sandwich of like, yes, this is good. Let's fix this. This yeah. is also good. You're so good at that. <laughs> yeah, I also appreciate that you guys are understanding of our taping schedule. Like there are so many people involved with AEW games that are doing things that are on screen talent. Like as you mentioned, Excalibur. Like he's literally the voice of dynamite. And if I need him to approve something from, you know, behind the scenes, 
you're not going to hear from us on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or potentially even a Thursday. You might have to wait till Friday, but I don't need to explain that to you guys because you get it. You've lived the wrestler life. You understand what it's like. And it's just so much easier to get past that initial understanding of what the other person's going through and you just immediately just start working on the stuff that is going back to the sandwich analogy, the meat of it. Yeah. And that definitely, Elin is always very sweet with that. She'll put, I always see in the channels, it is when it's Wednesday, you guys don't ping Brittany or, or don't bring on <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I knew so fun, fun note on that. All of my meetings with Jamie in the last year, she's been calling me Brittany. <laughs> We're like, sorry, how long is it going to take before she gets my name wrong on this podcast? <laughs> 36 minutes, so, guys. I did it. Okay, babe, it's fine. Whatever. This is Aubrey talking. <laughs> but yes, we, we are very aware of your schedule and you're so good to us. So we try to, you know, it was really fun because we have some wrestling fans in our studio. But when we first got this IP, Oh, I took the kids to school. We were watching wrestling together. We were, I was explaining stuff. You invited everybody to that show in Las Vegas and you, they got to see how mm -hmm. the show works and being backstage and just all these really exciting things. And that was what was important for me and my team is that I get it. Not everybody is like a wrestling fan and, you know, watching three shows a week. I get it. But if you're going to make this game, you darn well better be that person. And I started to get kind of strict with what I was expecting out of the team because I wasn't, you know, it's not something that I'm taking lightly. This is going to be perfect and we are going to represent you as authentically as we can. And if you don't realize that or as a member of my team because you're not watching the show, then watch the damn show. Yeah. So, you know, the people who necessarily weren't fans, like now we're all sitting around like fanboys on the Thursday morning meeting being like, so do you guys see Dynamite? What? And we and we talk about the show now every Thursday morning in our meeting, and it's it's pretty cool to see my people, their eyes get real big, and they're Jamie. Did you know they do this at a show? I'm like, yes, I did know that. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been really cute and fun just watching my team become these hardcore wrestling fans, not just like oh, I watch the show here and there. Like, no, we have like working mothers now that are like, no, where's Adam Page? I saw him on Dynamite the other day and, you know, like telling us who should be on the show. <laughs> That's actually really cool that you guys are, uh, that have become enthusiastic about the product. As a matter of fact, as soon as we go off of here, I have questions to ask you. Uh, but uh, as far <laughs> as, but from the game's perspective itself, how do you feel that that's that's all manifested in the game? Like selling that to to somebody who's interested in downloading the game or might be on the fence? Definitely. So the thing, like I said, I want you to feel like you're having the experience, but in your hand when you wanted, you know, maybe we don't have two hours to sit down and watch Dynamite, but I can have a little experience on my phone. Like it's a nice vertical slice almost of what a wrestling show is, right? So you get, you get in there, you get some story, you get like the intro from like the, the announce desk. They tell you what the main event is coming up. Then you get into some of the idol play. You start your matches, you get fans to watch your matches. And, and that's the point is to kind of build up the arena and start all of the matches and make it to the main event. So in order to make it to the main event, you're going to have these little battles in the middle. Keep in mind, you're getting story beats probably 
five to eight times in between this gameplay. So all of a sudden we go and we have a mini match and you'll look and at the, as the game devs, we pick who your opponents are. And I assign that based on who I have going on in the story. So the players will start to acquire a roster and they build up their roster and they can upgrade guys and whatever. So now they look at the three opponents who are in the ring. And so based on skills, traits, powers, all that stuff, you get to pick your three players to go in and have the match. And then you watch the anime, you know, there's an actual animation of the matches, you get rewards. And it really is like based on if you're upgrading your characters, like you're not always going to win the match. There's a strategy to like idle and battling and like, who are you upgrading? Who are you spending your, you know, your gems on stuff like that. I always like to go back to the story because I get so excited about every moment of wrestling. I love slick moves. I love wicked technical wrestling. I could watch like Dean Malenko chain wrestle for five days straight and never get bored. That's what I love. I love that kind of stuff. But also like the entrance, I came out and I'm standing on the stage. Am I saying anything? How is the crowd reacting? I try to make those moments come in. And like, as you're walking to the ring, what, what would your character say? Like, do you say anything? Do you respond to fans? Like, I try to have all of those moments in there so that by the time you get to that gameplay match, you feel like you've been at the show. You feel like you've just watched someone someone's entrance. We had a promo. We had Tony Schiavone and Taz and Excalibur say something fun. It's just this whole well-rounded experience that I think we've done really good at. And and each day ends and the show packs up and you get on the road and you go to the next city and you do it all again. And it feels like you're on tour with AEW. I do like that at one point Taz says, and I digress. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is accurate. This is 100% accurate. (laughs) It's so good. My favorite things are when you just write, ah, like you just her comments are just laughing she's like this oh he's spitting fire like she's she's a fan watching it oh some of the christian cage lines in this in this game are like oh he would definitely say that on tv oh my god so great yeah a a lot of the story stuff i've seen like popped me really good the animations though i thought that's what really got me going and the, the stuff that i was really feeling good about uh and i wanted to talk a little bit about that in the design as well that one's such a hard one because we want every wrestler animated to do every move. And oh my gosh, that takes so long and it's so impossible. And it's just, you know, like when we're sitting there day one and we're like, what is the move set of this sequence? Like what would people, like we can't have all three characters busting every move. You know, we had to pick the common general moves that make you feel, you know, so we're like, okay, we have, you know, you're kicking your punch. We'll do a spear. There's a power bomb animation. So everybody in the game will have these particular five animations so that they can have the matches. But then we'll give like certain characters a special one, like um, Kenny has the V trigger. So all of a sudden it'll trigger this really cool um, graphic and you see Kenny flying through the, you know, the air with his knee and then boom. And then you, you know, usually that's like a huge power move. So then the guy will fall. <laughs> typically, typically ends up uh, getting affected. Yeah. 
one of the things that's important to recognize is that games are a balance of available resources, time, and what your scope is. If you had unlimited time and money, you could make whatever game you wanted to. And that's just not the reality. Eventually, a game has to come out. Eventually, you run out of money and you need to actually get this thing out the door. But I think it's important to recognize that while you're making this game, you are making those choices to make this game feel the way it is. That you have those Kenny V trigger moments. That Tony Schiavone looks adorable in the game. Like, I love the art style. My other favorite one was... um. Uh, Jerry Lynn, like when I got his art, I'm, I think it was like 1am, we were somewhere like after a show and I texted him, I said, Hey, I'm going to show you something and you literally can't show anybody right now. And I just sent him his character art. He's like, what, what is this? Like we have (laughs) Renee Paquette. We have all of these other people in the, in the game that are just, it's all of those little things that these are the choices you're making during development of how do we make this feel like an AEW product. Definitely. And it's not just focusing on all of the wrestlers. It's all of the other people that go into this as well. And that was one of the things that I was really happy that we made that choice on this project. Well, it's a whole package. And that's the thing. The package doesn't, your main event doesn't feel right without the rest of the gifts standing there with it. You know, like everything you need, the whole thing for it to feel authentic. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful that we were able to get the speed. Like the art team is great and they're like pounding out assets like crazy. But as you know, things change so fast and you're like, okay, well, we're making this asset. I have him written into a bunch of stories. Okay. He's no longer there. Darn. What do I do? Like things can change. Yeah. That's always a tricky one. (laughs) Yeah. Things can change really fast, you know, or you're, you have this huge release coming out. And, and that's the thing is that that's one thing that we're not, we don't talk about a lot because it's not our business to know. Like Brittany does and can't tell us status of contracts and people and whatever. Like she gives us as much head up, heads up as she can. But really, like we find out about things just the same as, you know, the world does. And then we have to pivot and think. And really, like things change fast. You know, like who was in the main event six months ago is not in the main event today. And six months ago is who's actually in the game now because it took six months to get the art and the animations and the whatever. So that's the one um, downside, I guess, to this is that I'm so impatient and I want things now and today and I want everybody on the roster and Matt's like okay Jamie I can give you five guys for the next release that's it I'm like well I asked for 27 right yeah (laughs) it's like no it's tricky so you're right like in a perfect world we'd have we'd have everything but time scope budget those all that's like the paradigm of game design they all have to balance with each other otherwise you can't work (laughs) it's challenging but also rewarding yeah. And I did. I just want to um, let you guys just give a nice shout out to somebody is that I, I take a lot of credit for a lot of things, but I do have an amazing team behind me. And I do like I work with a great design team. Brian and Tristan are such superstars. Danielle is running our show behind the scenes. She is on top of everything. I have a writing partner. I can't take credit for every single thing that's in your game. So I just wanted to let you know that we also have a outsource writer and his name is Trevor Risk. And he helps me with all of the writing. And Trevor Risk is very famous in Canada. He, um, well, aside from being my writing partner, and that's why he's famous, he um, is well known for being one of the writers on Letter Kenny and Shorzy. So if you've ever Allegedly. heard of those, yeah. And if you haven't watched them, or watch them, they're very unique. And if you, you know, you can appreciate 
Canadian humor. Like we're not all like that, but yeah, we, it's all in our soul. But anyway, so Trevor Risk and he writes for also, there's, um, a fed, uh, like an indie fed that he helps write storylines for in his hometown. So he's a huge wrestling fan. Like that was another thing too, is that yes, Trevor was my, is my writing partner, but let me tell you, if he didn't have the qualifications, he would not be on this game. So he is, has the qualifications and he's the one that just like helps me get, you know, source all those wonderful Christian Cage dialogue and, you know, all that. So I, I can't take complete credit. I appreciate that I'm the face here that you guys are talking to this morning. But man, I have a really amazing team behind me. Trevor's incredible. Yeah. Trevor's great. All the designers, Danielle, even like our support staff, like the Elans and, and Lisa's and Jim's, like our executives at, at the studio. And of course, Matt and Cheyenne and their whole team at Game Masons. Like we've been very, very lucky. This is, I say it again, this is the best partnership I've ever had with an, with an IP as well as an external game developer. This is amazing. And, and to have it be for a, like I just, I, I get tingles when I think of it. Like, I'm so excited for this moment. And I'm just, yeah, I'm grateful of, to be here representing my company. Thank you. <laughs> having having worked with external partners multiple times in my career, I can honestly agree that this has just been a dream project to work on. Just all of the people involved care so much about the game. It feels like an AEW product, but also it's just the fact that you guys care so much about this game and you care about all of the people involved in this game. That is something that I don't think gets the light a lot on it when we talk about game development and all the games that are being made, but like something as simple as I took a medical leave this summer and you guys sent me flowers. Cause we love that you. Is such a I know. <laughs> and t-shirts <laughs> and Canadian snacks, but like that's the kind of thing that you care about the people involved in the product yeah. because those people, as long as they're happy and they're healthy, then they make something good. Yeah. So Eastside games, game Masons, everybody involved with this project, they were all incredible. And I think the product that we got as a result, AEW rise to the top is one of my my favorite games I've ever worked on. So thank Yay. you for giving me that. Thank you. And guess what? It's just going to get better. That's the beauty of live ops, right? We keep building, we keep designing features. More we content. Keep adding. Yeah. And that's what I love. I have like content coming on my ears. And finally, you know, now that we're <laughs> launched, Matt, Matt can make it. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so exciting. And I love like anytime we feature new stars in AEW that are rising to the top, like Swerve, for instance, like I got to just approve his art the other day. It was amazing. <laughs> so good. I'm so excited. Remember, you can download <laughs> Download AEW Rise of the Top worldwide as of today, as of yesterday, this, this week, whatever. It's been such an exciting week. I can't even keep track of what day it is. You can download it on the iOS App Store. You can download it on the Google Play Store. Play it, rate it, review it. Keep playing it because there's going to be awesome live content that Jamie's involved with, that I'm involved with, that there's a whole bunch of people involved with. Listen to this podcast, new episodes every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Videos come out on Monday, Dynamite Wednesday, Rampage Friday, Collision on Saturday. This has just been a amazing, amazing game and I hope people enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed making it. So thank you for listening to Will and Aubrey on AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it